0: You're listening to a DM podcast. We are underway.
1: G'day, guys. Welcome to Talking League. We're a weekly NRL fantasy podcast. I'm your host, TK. The boys are in the house. G'day, Andy.
0: How you going, boys? Good to be back. Uh, sorry, Mr. Larson, but very, very uh, intellectual. Intellectual? Fuck. Terrible fucking word. Very uh, informative. That's what I was trying to say. Good start. Uh, we'll put him back on the physio bench. Physio Phil. <laughs> Jeez, he's, he come up with the goods, didn't he? I could listen to him talk for hours. Eh? Right. I might just, I might just do that. Definitely Maybe can start a podcast talking about physio. <laughs>
1: mate, of course we got to sack him. He's just come on. His first fifteen seconds has been disastrous. Get <laughs> It
0: sounds
2: like I'm watching the Madge Maguire Tiger Town. The <laughs> amount of f bombs that are coming out.
0: <laughs> he, he loves to swear. <laughs>
1: No, nah, but Andy can coach, though.
0: Oh, can I? Jeez. So We haven't really discussed draft for a while. <clears throat> no,
1: nah, who cares about draft uh, anymore? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so leading into this night, Corby's finally broken up with Curtis Siernan, but 30 I minutes later, later <laughs> he jumps on his... I'll let you, you, you tell the story.
2: Well, yeah, I, I finally got rid of him um it was sort of on the back of uh physio phil on there last night just saying yeah there's next to no chance and just having looked geez i've held on a long time like he's only played one game and then i was just going through instagram and there's not many footballs i follow but i started following him just because of this and he had a photo of him training in the bubble not long now and i was like he's back in and i went and grabbed him uh not that anyone's going to take him from free agency but The ghost is back in my team and I'm looking forward to getting him on the getting him on the paddock.
1: Oh God. Boys, we've had a really bad start to this podcast. This has probably been our worst start to a podcast ever. And there's absolutely no one watching on Facebook and everyone's just deserved the potty of it.
0: It's lucky. We've only got 13 people
1: who've seen us stumble. So far, building. All right, boys, plenty to talk about. So we'll wrap through all the TLT burning questions, and we've got plenty of your audience questions to wrap through as well. Please join us, as many people do, on Facebook, Talking League Pod. You can also find us there on Instagram and Talking League One on Twitter. But, boys, let's rip in. Mitchell Moses, probably the biggest news of the day. He's come out with a fractured back from origin. Looking at anywhere between three to five weeks, he has already sat a week. Andy, I'll start with you. He's your boy. What's your thoughts on Mitchell Moses, especially for classic owners out there?
0: Yeah, it is a worry, isn't it? Um, three to five weeks, it's coming to the cell, the cell sort of range. Um, not only because it's a long time, but you have to remember, I it could be a different um, different injury to compared to Dylan Brown's back injury and AJ Brimson's, but back injuries never really seem to heal that quickly. I know there's low blood supply. Uh, thank you, physio Phil, for teaching me that one. But uh, I know there's low blood supply, so and if, depending on how big or small the fracture is, but they were that Liam Brown missed half a season, and AJ missed half a season as well because his stress fracture has turned into an actual full break, full broken back, final. So I, I feel bad for for Moses, but um, I we think just lost the 13 in, guys. You know?
1: The 13 people just quit.
0: <laughs> I think Moses
1: mum mum just mum just, just quit. She just texted me.
0: No, nah, not my mum. Should never. <laughs> that was actually your
1: mum that texted me. That's it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Get out. <laughs> we'll talk after.
1: Yeah. Corbs. It's interesting because the NRL physios they won't actually put three to five weeks. Coops was on before on NRL three hundred and sixty. He reckons he's got mal. He was saying Parramatta said that he's only going to miss this week. Who do we believe? Because like clubs are just—are they underplaying now? Are they overplaying?
2: yeah I know, they they are good at um holding back information but in saying that um you know blokes like the physio phil and the nrl physio they know what they're talking about as well so sometimes uh it's a hard one it's a hard one there if he is injured and they do need him and they had such a good win last week i sort of think it depends on results doesn't it i mean if they lost last week he could have been rushed into it but, but Again, I don't know how bad he is. My answer to this one is just pending trades. If you've got the trades, I reckon you'd nearly upgrade him anyway to a DCE Hughes. Um, But if you don't, then, yeah, he's just a hold. But with that news that you just said, he's a definite hold.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm feeling. I'm just thinking that it's just a weird one because it's not like he did it today. Like if he'd done it today and it was three weeks from today, then I'd probably maybe sell him. But seeing that he's already kind of wrapped through a week, you're probably thinking maybe on the especially when you think Parramatta, Manly's getting really close to them. Like they're only three wins ahead of Manly, and they've got to play Manly coming up as well. So that turnaround, they probably need Mitchell Moses back in three weeks to play Manly. So
2: yeah, there's there's only probably saying that Hunt's the other one because Hines is a bit of a if one. it's I don't yeah. think you'd purchase him if you didn't have him now. There's only really Hunt, Hughes, or DC that you'd get above him. So he's in that top five half. So yeah, he's a Looking at that again, he's a hold.
1: Yeah, I think so as well. All right, moving on. Jordan Rappin is an interesting one. He's been moved to fullback. He used to play fullback back in the day, but hasn't played there for quite a while. Corbs, we'll start with you. What's your thoughts on Rappin and anyone's thoughts on maybe buying him as a fullback?
2: Um, Rappin got a 42 at fullback 2020, and then he fell in there round five. I'm pretty sure when chance got injured. And only scored the 25. Yeah, against Penrith.
1: Remember he was blowing?
2: Yeah, and yeah. I actually had him in uh, centre then. And, yeah, I, I just don't think he's got the kit bag and the youth to be a target for the run home, especially with some of the winger fullbacks and centres that are there um, and just his price. I just don't know if he's going to score well enough um, in fullback to even get him in the centre yep. with that jewel. So, yeah, I'm saying no. But if you got him as a
0: whole, like, Got him there, yeah. He's a hold for sure.
1: Yeah, you stole my notes. Exact same thing for me, Andy.
0: Yeah, pretty similar. Like you said, the forty-two he scored, but he did he did come a bit underdone when he came back from injury after in round twelve. Um, but since then, he started to score like pretty well again. So he's a little bit cheaper. He's undervalued at the moment. So if you think he might score well at the fullback, because he loves he loves getting amongst it, doesn't he? Like you said, that game he did play, he made a lot of meters, but a lot of blunders as well. So yeah. <laughs> I think that's his, his worst enemy is his effort. Yeah, I think
1: maybe for draft <laughs> but, players, though, if you've got a, like a smaller league, like an eight-man league, and you find him in free agency, maybe stick him on the bench. I think he'd be a nice little purchase. Uh, definitely. Yeah. All right, next guy. Oh. All right. Andy's written these questions tonight. <laughs> he wants to know, any love for Connor Watson? Now, Connor Watson's also on his draft team. Or, he's also added this just to pretend that he actually cares. Mitch Warnett on the edge.
0: <laughs>
1: Corbs, give, they you, give me your thoughts.
2: Yeah, well, the 53 average from three games isn't bad for Watson starting at lock. So, Andy can get a little bit excited. But that was when oh, that was way back early days when the Knights <laughs> were on fire early in the season.
1: What was that round on. four?
2: Yeah, I'm sort of after bigger guns than Watson now. Uh, yes, if you owned him in draft or you did own him in your team, you're enjoying the uh, Fitzgibbon demotion. But um, Braley's an 80-minute hooker, and that's been this case all year. So he has some competition on the bench for minutes. So I, I can't see him going more than 50 minutes. I don't think. And I don't think he's going to score well enough with that 50 minutes, especially first 10 minutes. Like we talked about it. That's when he's going to get belted a little bit. And he gives away a few kgs in the middle there. And his game's all about coming on and changing the pace of the game. So I would have thought uh, if put the coach hat on, he would have been better coming off the bench and just let Swaso Su go on there and he's a pretty boring football, but just take the hits early.
1: Can um, I can I use my multi bet this week to put Sue's going to actually start over Watson?
0: Yeah, well that's that happened heaps did too didn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. But you think you think if that's always been the case, why why put him there at lock? You know, oh, like they just what's like with stuff the, he likes the jersey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think, I, like you said, I don't think he's a massive buy. But if for those who've held him from the start, I, there's no rush to get rid of him, especially when you have got a, a hooker slash mid scoring 53 yeah, um, minimum. So I think he's definitely a, a, a keep if you have him. And well done if you held him this long. And have right. got him in draft, well done. Anyone who has him in draft? Did you just say he gets a 53 <laughs> minimum? At lock, <laughs> starting lock, for sure.
1: All right.
2: He had a 53 average. I didn't say 53 minimum. And the Barnett, oh, sorry. I'm calling him 53 minimum. Um, Barnett <laughs> moves back to the left, doesn't he? So he has a 56 average. No goal kicking, which hurts him a bit. But... I'd probably prefer his mate Frizzell if I was going to pick someone because I still feel like there's going to be a few changes in that team. But then again, like, I, there's bigger fish out there. Like You're surely looking at Maddo, Fafida, Murray, if you can. Yeah. But if you need and you can't afford,
0: um,
2: I'd still probably go Frizzell over Barnett. Yeah, I
0: think. I'm thinking that, like, oh, sorry, TK, but that might be the go, what, what, exactly what you said, the price range things. Because uh, they come to this sort of, Um, this end of the season you're going to have to either take a cash down option or something whereas you want one gun you can't afford both so you might have to get one good one and one average player like you said
1: do you want my real thoughts on Watson? no give give us your fake ones if if you want to finish in the top (laughs) 100 you can't have Watson in your team in the last 7 rounds because he's just not good enough he's just There's no consist like in final seventeen players. You want a little bit of certainty about what they might score each week. And the the problem with Watson is he's getting changed. Like look at the last four weeks, he's played four different positions. You just don't know where he's going to play. So when you think about, I think you both made good points about bringing in someone like a Cameron Murray, who's not too similar in price, and then he's just got a lot more upside and certainty because he's their main man at thirteen. While Watson. He'll be 13 this week. He'll be fullback next week. He'll be 5'8 next week. He'll be back to the interchange bench. I just feel that if you do want to have a good strike at having a good position at the end, I don't think Watson's a guy that you want. He's just peaked. He peaked weeks ago. And then, unfortunately, Andy's just built a massive narrative about him. And-
0: no, only, only for drafts. He's gone in fancy for me. But I think I, Look, he, he's not going to lose money in the next couple of weeks. That's what I'm saying.
1: I think if he's there at 8, if your team is good enough and have him as a first emergency, you might even win the comp because he gives you that versatility. But I just don't think you can carry him any further into the season at the 17. I think there's just better players. And then Barnett, the same. You just don't know where he's going to play. I know that you picked up Fitzgibbon today, Corbs. And that's the thing. Like Fitzgibbon could come on, have a blinder, and then he's back to the mid-rotation. And then again, what does that leave Watson? So it's just so much uncertainty in that pack. I just don't like it. There's them... There's the Warriors. And I think we just avoid them, the Warriors, Tigers, and Brisbane as much as you can because the coach, all four of those coaches are just a little bit insane. And North Queensland as well, add them as well.
2: I, I don't mind. The Warriors and Tigers and Knights, though, they do have good runs. So if you if you can get lucky enough to pick a player that seems to have a spot in there, I don't mind it. And, and also, if you want to go for a bit of a risk, then also you could go for those teams because they're playing against teams that have been giving up a few points. But, yeah, there's a bit of uncertainty and that's why I got the ghost back in my draft <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: I, I think also the fact that if you have the ability to that you don't have to put out any other spot fires and you can trade Watson out, then I guess go for it. You know, you've know you got Fogarty out, you've got Tohu, whoever the people brought Tohu, you've got Mitchell Moses out. So there's other spot fires you have to put out before you start selling out average players who, who aren't going to lose you any cash.
1: Yeah. I like Connor, but He's got a really good podcast. Have you listened to his podcast yet?
0: Oh, I haven't. I've been, been flat out been listening to ours, trying to improve ourselves, you know? Jeez. <laughs> oh, I'll listen I'll when his... he listens to ours. It's, until I see his name
2: and, and he gives us an Apple review, I'm not listening to his. <laughs> there you go. Like Shout out corks. to Connor. I like that.
1: All right. All right. This is going to be a controversial one. We might spend about half an hour on this one. Ryan Puppenhausen's back. And Andy actually wrote this question. Andy, he wants to know, all right, Colby, you can tackle it first. Pops back. You, you're in actually a bit of a dilemma because you've got Pops and Hines. So he wants yeah. to know, are you looking to get him back into your team with Hines going so well?
2: No chance. I'll just see what happens. You just wait and see here. I'm just hoping he doesn't take Hines minutes this week. I just hope it's a, if it is a straight swap or he gets a... Heinz goes out to centre and Remus goes to wing. As I've tried to write a little narrative myself to get on the narrative train. Uh, And that's purely because draft, because I have them both in there. But uh, in classic, I've got Heinz and I'll hold Heinz until there's a a dramatic change in positions there. And probably need to just hold my last few trades just for something like this.
1: Yeah. I've got a good feeling that Pups is going to come back at fullback, maybe the last 20 minutes. I reckon Heinz will move to halfback and Hughes will go off.
0: No, yeah, that. Wouldn't, oh, wouldn't Cooper go up or Keeper probably stay there? No, nah, so the game.
1: he's carrying a calf injury. He's been carrying it for quite a well while and he got corked on the weekend too. Not,
0: not when risky. they're up just by put... 60 yeah. against the Cowboys. Uh, maybe they will. How, how come? What's wrong with Munster? Is he just getting rested? No, no, he's playing. Nah, I Munster thought he was
1: is not. Oh, Munster's is not playing.
0: Yeah. Cooper, the rest, and the um, restings have started.
2: Oh, okay. I, thought, yeah, I know. I thought
1: Cameron was playing. Sorry.
2: All good.
0: Yeah, just just be better next time. That's all. I think it was <laughs> only Munster. I think it was only Munster being rested from the storm. Yeah, I think it was just Munster. Cooper Johns is playing for him, so look, you, you, your narrative is all well. right. I think, I think you still have Pappy come on, get a bit of a taste for fullback again, and Hines will either swap in for for Hughes, give him a rest with Cooper in the middle. I think you're right there.
1: Yeah, it could be interesting. Kafusi got rested as well. Sorry, that's the only one that I saw. I was just looking at the wrong narratives. But yeah, it's, it's interesting just to see Hines. It's it's definitely a, a individual versus team player. So I've I've told. Did I tell you guys the stats on? Yeah,
2: yeah. We, I think you mentioned it the other night. What did
1: I just send it to you guys?
2: I thought you mentioned it last week.
1: Because we can move on. When, I've got it written yeah, down. Do you want me to you go from? Yeah, we mentioned
2: again? it last week. Yeah, you can. But yeah. we, because Hines shut all over him.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Well. If you conclude, since Heinz has been fullback, his winning record is 10-1. and one. Tries are pretty good. At, he scores every second game, so 0.5 tries per game. He scores nearly four goals, 1.3 try assists, 158 metres gained, 4.5 tackle breaks, 1.6 errors, which is a little bit high, 1.7 line break assists, one line break, and 45 kick metres. So you can see how he's got an elite. Pups, obviously he's only played half those games, 5-1 and one as a starter. He's 1.3 tries, so he's got a big advantage on that side, but then it starts going downhill from there. So he's only 0.8 of a try assist, 175 metres game, but you've got to remember most of his tries have been long-range efforts, so he's not really making too much. During general play, 3.8 tackle breaks, 0.8 errors, one line break assist, 1.3 line break assist. So just to put it in, if I was to sum it up really quickly, it's, from his own half, Pappenhausen is definitely the strength. He's very, very likely to score tries and break the line. But realistically, who makes the team better? It's probably Nico Hines because he's creating for his teammates, creating more tries in general, and only scoring at a rate half of what pubs was, when Pups was probably scoring at an inflated rate anyway. So that's just my summary. And mm. I know that Craig Bellamy is a lot smarter at this than I am. So if I've seen this, I'm sure he has.
0: I don't know. I don't reckon he's in the top 100 <laughs> fancy cases. So <I've>, I'll <laughs> back you in. Thanks, yeah. mate. Uh, what's, his, what's his rank at the moment? Definitely not as good as yours. I heard he's coming yeah.
1: 20,000. <laughs> <laughs> he give yeah,
0: up. Yeah, it's because he, he's tried to get everyone to have pats and he's got a hines,
1: so. Yeah, but it is interesting. Just say, hypothetically, boys, just say pups, because pups is one of the best in the world. Let's not be silly about it. And there is a chance. There's always a chance that he'll always come back in, just because I say that he won't. Doesn't mean it won't happen. Just saying two weeks, he does come back in. What are we going to do?
0: Uh, well, oh. it's actually great. I've only got one trade left. I don't think I can get him in. But um, I think if he comes back, it's good. He's going to drop in price the next two weeks by coming off the bench and getting his feet, his legs back. Because you look at every player that's come back from concussion. It doesn't matter if they had five weeks out, six weeks out, seven weeks out. Madison done it, had come off the bench, had 40 minutes, had, had 60 minutes, and now he's finally playing 70-plus. Uh, Or Wade Wade Graham, has he come back from concussion yet? No, he's still off. No, I I don't think he's he's never going to play the full 80. So he's always going to come back and he'll he'll drop in price as well. So he could be a massive pickup if he starts pulling back again. Yeah. Corbs? Yeah, I'm just like, I know
2: that there was a few people that helped write my narrative, but the George Jennings one's interesting because he's four weeks and that was – was it was um Harry Grant we are talking about. Harry Grant had the few weeks out and then just lost his spot. <clears> like, <throat> if Hines goes to the centre and kills it, he's not going to make his way back in because we all know Storm might going to lose. So, yeah, it's just one moving forward. If they can both get in the team, then my draft team <laughs> will be
1: laughing. Yeah, I'll be good, man. Yeah, definitely, man. But, yeah, for me, I wouldn't touch pubs. I'd probably prefer Ponga if I was going to trade away from Hines, only because I'm just scared about another head knock. And then it's my last trade pretty much once I need to trade Hines out. So I'm just going to be a little bit smart that I don't want to lose Hines and then possibly lose Pups again. I just think Ponga may be a little bit more durable. So if I did actually end up trading Hines out, it would either be I'll scrap Pups off altogether. I don't care what he does. It would be Ponga, it would be Teddy, or it will be Latrell.
2: Hang on, is this he, the same durable Blake that only played 10 minutes on the weekend, Ponga?
0: <laughs> we, you remember we all said about um about tommy turbo coming back in oh we're not going to touch him with a 10 foot pole his hemi's not going to do well we we're always risky about him so it's really a, it's we can all write read you a narrative but it's whatever one you want to choose
1: it's true <laughs> but I, I do get I, I get your point on turbo but that was kind of round seven not at the business in at round 20 We and i'm only down to two traits i've got to be smart now <laughs>
0: Valid, very valid. Yeah,
1: it's got to be calculated. All right, boys, moving on. Uh, The New Zealand Warriors, again, spicy again. Thoughts? Andy, let's start with you. You've got both these guys in draft. I know you rate them highly at the moment. Jazzy at hooker, and then also Joshy Curran at lock. Give me your thoughts on both.
0: Uh, So with Jazzy, you've only had one game of hooker in the last two years uh, for 41 fantasy points. Uh, I think he's got the potential to score big, like he did say on the weekend. He had to play 80 minutes because they had no reserves <laughs> on the bench. But um, it, it depends with his sort of penalties, if he can keep them down. And he's missed tackles. He's one of those players that sort of gets involved in every tackle. They're effective, but they also count as a missed tackle on fantasy. So that's that can be a downfall. Um, so it's a bit interesting to see. Um, I think he should go well. I think, I think 50s from here on, from Jazz, because... They have no one else to put in the hooker. I know you mentioned Bailey Sierinen uh, is a good backup and that is that young gun on the on the bench. Um, has he debuted yet? Has he ever played a game yeah. yet? Yeah. Just one. He has. So he's still fresh. So Jazz could get subbed, but I still th- see about 53 to um, 60 minutes from Jazz. Um, so I, I think if you have him in your team, gun, but Yeah. if you want to go in to purchase gun hookers, I don't think he's a one. Uh, with Curran, though, for, I think a few people still have him from when he was scoring well. They might have not sold him yet. But see, so when he started to lock the last two games this year, he scored field 46 and 38. So if you think about it, it's not that good. But those same two games, Tolu Harris played on the edge, scored 71 and 76, making 51 and 57 tackles in those games. That's a lot of points taken that current current couldn't really get. Just got to remember, Tohi Harris isn't there anymore, so it's it's someone has to take those tackles, and Curran's probably the man who's going to be it. So, uh, although he has had uh, two terrible scores of 46 and 38, I still see an upside to Curran. Uh, so t- take that as you whatever you will, but um, yeah, maybe I'm just writing my own narrative because i <laughs> I've quite a mid-draft. But uh, look, I'm thinking like Toby Harris' Harris's workload has to go somewhere, and there's two very, very handable, uh, no, very, very capable candidates in Jazz and Curran.
1: Nice. Now, Cobbs, I'm not convinced at all that this is how the Warriors are going to line up on whatever the day they're playing because I don't see, I don't rate Jazz as a hooker and I don't rate Josh as a, as a middle. I really rate Josh Curran on the edge, though. And if he started getting some minutes there, as he did earlier in the season, I think he can score really, really well. But give me your thoughts on these two guys.
2: Yeah, hopefully we get some um, early mail again for the Warriors because that was a... If you told me that without the actual source being reliable, I would have told you to go and jump. But it ended up being right. There was positions galore change with that Warriors lineup. Uh, Jazz had 41 in 53 minutes earlier this year. And Otokolo was actually on the bench that game and played 35 minutes mm. to get a 23. So it, it's not 20 minutes. It's 35 35- minutes. Pushing forty minutes, so he's going to eat into his minutes. And he's he's a live wire out of hooker. Well, I don't know if Brownie's been the biggest fan of jazz in the years. So has it has any coach?
1: <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs>
2: um, and then so of the two, I definitely I agree with you. I think we've all agree. Current is the more interesting one. whereas average is at sixty minutes for his two starts, and and you rattled off. Harris played in both those games, and he could benefit. Um, here with the the non 80, 80 minute playing edges. Uh, they've got two hookers. So there's heaps of people swapping in. Like usually you uh, you have your two edges play eighty and your hooker play eighty, and you know, it turns into the mid minute. So if he's not getting it, I mean Lodge and Adam Fuel Blake, they sort of proved that they could take up some of the minutes. I don't think they'll get anywhere near that much. But Curran's got to get a few. Um, but I think Lodge and uh, Adam are gonna take a few as well. But I would be – if you were interested in downgrading to him as a sort of um, a backup or, you know, emergency, uh, I will just wait and just see where those minutes – and like you said, TK, what that team's going to look like. But currently, <laughs> be the pick of those two. I yeah. just think um, – I think the hooker, Otacolo, will actually – I think I could see it going more 50-50 as it moves forward.
1: Mm. I think if, if you're a holder of both these guys, you're a hold. Just hold. mmm But if you're on the outside and you don't have and you're trying to consider, I think you've missed the boat. Like, Curran's made so much money. I think you've missed the boat on him already. And I don't think with the volatility that happens at the Warriors and their selections, it's just not worth it to waste a trade at this time of the year. So, for me, it's just a holder. You're a hold. If you're not a holder, you are a void. Just move on. It's just better, guys. All right, for us moving on, let's go to the Trevojeviches, Jake Trevojevich. He's been a little bit uh, well overshadowed, obviously, by his brother, but he comes back into the starting team after about a month off with injury. Josh Alloway, he's another guy that's back this week as well, so a bit of a packed middle, but Andy, you brought this one up. you considering Jake?
0: No, not considering him, just sort of those who were. Like He is that sort of uh, what you see is where you get kind of player but um, he has been scoring a bit subpar this season. So I think he uh, doing extra research. He's a bit of an avoid, Um, especially like you said, with a few forwards come back into the team with Aloy taking the heat off him. Um, And he hasn't played a game since round 14. So I think if anyone was looking to get him back in, uh, I'd say probably stay clear.
1: Cool. Corb, same.
0: Yeah. I just think there's,
2: he sort of does the hard work for the other blokes in that team. He's, He's, he's outside the te- top 10 mids. 49 on average. His high is 63. Just doesn't excite me.
1: Yeah. I don't think he's been the same ever since I drafted him three years ago with the first pick. <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't averaged 50 since. Very cents. ballsy.
0: <laughs> very ballsy first pick.
1: That was very silly. Now, next one, boys. Matty Burden. Unfortunately, you see him end up in the centers again. They've retained Tyrone May at halfback despite Nathan Cleary. Being out in their issues a couple of weeks ago when they played Parramatta, but Andy, give me your thoughts. Have you got? Have you got? You, actually, you tipped us into Matty Burden.
0: Yeah, I picked up Matty Burden. geez. was it three weeks before Cleary went out and injured purely just because Origin? Round thirteen. Uh, and I he's think done. It was round. He's done pretty well. Um, so, I, but if you still have him, I don't think it's a punt. I think if you you don't burn when the trades still averaging 42 fancy points out centre, which is pretty decent for a centre. And his big boy, Romy, is back this week. And he loves to dish those, those short balls out to the left with, his, with, with uh, Burton just running onto him at full pace. So I don't think uh, there's a panic trade uh, button just yet. So just hold him if you have him. But He's definitely not a buy. I think he's 583k, so he's very overpriced for a 42 average set, uh, center. So de- definitely a hold, but he's not a sell.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think I agree with buy. that. But I'll, I'll create another narrative. Clearly, ain't coming back, <laughs> and May's going to get punted soon because he's not good. Corbs are you in my narrative. That's yeah, I think
2: they they need to lose. Like everyone else can see that May's he, he still he gets over for a few sort of uh, he tries just around the um. I reckon it's because everyone else is threatening in that side except for May, so they don't really watch <laughs> him and then it just thought like the floodgates just open and he scores these easy tries. But I uh, I think the same, that they'll come up. I reckon Storm will pants him around 20 and I don't think Clear will be back for that and that might make them make them move. He got nine in his last game where they did the old switcheroo, didn't they? He, yeah. he was supposed to start in the halves. Yeah. But he but, still has a 42 average at the centre with uh, for the year, so he's definitely not... To be punted, um, he's an attacking weapon in the Panthers team, and yeah, you, like you said, Luai's back there to help him inside to give him a bit more quality ball. So I'm
0: saying definite hold.
1: Nice. Did kick out play against Para? Do you remember, Andy?
0: Oh, not off the top of my head. No, oh, quickly because um,
1: that could be a big thing as well. So
0: big thing for
1: for uh, better.
0: Isn't kick out playing?
1: Yeah, that's what I mean, but they all play on the left. I was just wondering if he played against Parramatta when they played what they round sixteen did they play? Yeah, they did. It was I only
2: two ago.
1: I've got the team list coming up. And nah, Kikow played that game. He played sixty three minutes too. So Yeah. I just don't think they've got enough points with him with mate halfback. So I think they eventually need a move Burden there. But yeah, definitely he's in my team and he's still going to be one of my centers this week. So Definitely keep him if you've got him. All right, last question of the burning ones, Jackie Bird. He's back on the, an edge now, boys. Are there any other Dragons players that you would consider that you don't have already, Corpse, This is your team, your moment to shine. What do you got?
0: You gonna name name the player? Name your whole team. Who are you picking up? <laughs> I've been a, been avoiding the Dragons a bit lately.
2: Uh, he has a ten point better average from center to edge. I think goes forty one up to fifty one. So. But the thing is, he's very likely moved back through the go rounds of players sitting out. So you can't really back him to get that edge spot week in, week out. Uh, they've got quite a few young outside backs. So I feel like he's going to get moved back to centre. Once they get everyone back, um, yeah, you're holding him because he's still top five centre for the run home. I'm just not sure about the Dragons and just how this is going to affect them. There's a, Like, yeah, if you had Bird, I would keep him. I don't know if I would go out there and um, sort of make a play for him now. Uh, my trades, I've got two centers there, and I just feel if you've got one of those top five, it's just really sideways now. You might as well just keep him for the run home and target other um, attacking sort of players in the halves and wing of fullbacks. McCulloch's one that I'd i would I'd hold if I have him. Again, I reckon there's heaps better hookers out there. And the other one is Hunt. Yeah, I, I may actually... Look at him, he's on my watch list. He had a pretty ordinary game last week. I just don't know if this affects him with the clunkiness of the team now and him trying to do too much. Mm. Um, but yeah, that Hunt's probably the only one that I would actually look at getting in my team now. The other two are just holds if you've got them already.
1: I think you make a good point. He's the only one I'm looking at as well. Andy, in the same sort of mindset about him maybe overreaching and maybe under underperforming a little bit.
0: Yeah, you can see from his last score, I think it was 22 points, that you could just tell it was a reflection of the effort of all the Dragons players around him. So I know there was a rumor of there being a bit of a disconnection, but uh, I think I think it's true. I don't see Hunt as an option anymore. I know was maybe what, three rounds ago before the uh, the famous barbecue, um, I was seriously considering him, especially with his scores, he was pushing 70 plus average. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I can't see that now. I, I think they're is a bit of disconnection with the group and uh, when, with that becomes poor form.
1: Yeah, especially that price point too. We talk about doing mm. smart trades, $750. you are going to have to be spot on that the Dragons are back in, back in action, right? So, 100%. Yeah, I think so as well. All right. Thank you to everyone that sent in questions. Got plenty to chat about tonight. Let's get them through, boys. So the first one, Sammy Walker. I'm not sure if he's actually Sam Walker, but his profile <laughs> picture is Sam Walker. So welcome to the show, Sam Walker. Who's the number one hooker? This is going to be a really good question, actually. This is my favourite question of the night. Who's the number one hooker you feel for the rest of the season? And then, actually, we'll, we'll cover this first, and he's got another cheeky little part for his second bit, talking about mids. But Corbis, we'll start with you. Who's your number one hooker for the rest of the season?
2: Oh, I I sort of got this wrong, uh, and his return looked unreal, but I actually think it's Marnie. I, seriously, in considering SJ to Marnie. And it was a lot of um, on the back of just going off the NRL physio and um, the physio Phil sort of didn't sort of um, back it up as much last night, but he sort of thinks he's probably done his time with his four-week recovery and it's been enough for him to come back and and do his thing. And it's not really, I mean, there's an injury re-risk there, Mm. re-injury risk there, but it's um, very low. Uh, Yeah, he hits 77 in 70 minutes, almost looking refreshed for the run home. I know Andy talked about this earlier that he sort of died in the ass a little bit and he was going to get the, um, the backup from Lussick to help him out. But it seems an injury was a, a freshener upper that he needed. So yeah, saying the five weeks is, is good. Physio Phil backed that up, that that's all he needed. Um, yeah. I, I am seriously, cause SJ just looked like a busted. <laughs> I'm thinking of, of the money there. Um, well, do- I'll leave the next bit. We'll just keep staying
0: the hooker, I'll yeah, dive into the next bit next. Andy, your be- pick
1: who's your number one hooker moving forward? Do I even have to ask?
0: No, well, to be fair, I was what two weeks ago it was, it was Appy Chorus for sure. Can I but, guess? Um, even I'm back in Marnie, hey, <laughs> that was unbelievable. Like you said, Phil, uh, physio Phil basically saying it's not really a pain thing, so he's not hurting, it's just one of those freak, uh, times where it could dislocate which is a low chance but the fact that's not a pain thing he's, he's not really um hindered by any sort of pain relevance to him and like that he's got the uh, i think it was especially he will benefit the most out of moses not playing because he loves that little kicking game he has from from dummy half and he knows he has to step up because because um Moses is out. So that's another thing. So, yeah, I've actually – I even said it to you during that game. I said I thought Appy was the one to to get, but I think Marnie's tipped him for number one hooker.
1: Nice. Did you boys do your top eight versus bottom eight, Marnie? His averages? Can I burst no, your no, bubble no. a little bit? Yeah, yeah do okay. it. His top eight bubble, he only averages 50 against top eight. But – Realistically, one of those games was that one against the Roosters where he copped that HIA. So, really, I took that out. So, he really averages 56. Do you know what his extraordinary average against the bottom eight is? No. Nah. Do you want me to so, tell you? Oh, yeah, he could have at least got thrown out a number. 80.
0: 70, 72.
1: Oh, yeah. So, it's a big gap. It's a 13-point difference. On their run home, they play five top eight teams, only two bottom eight teams.
0: I was
2: just I was just looking at it. when you started talking I was like well how many top eight and bottom eight do they play and they've got some tough games so that's uh that sort of helps our decision a little bit
1: yeah so, but
0: who's your who's your number one hooker then cookie
1: I think cookie's the most mm. undervalued price there I was talking to my South Sky today and he's revealed some information so <laughs> here we go during origin cookie pretty much wasn't even training with the team they reduced his load by that much. And he reckons it's coming up again this week, and he reckons he'll be back to full load in round 20. And he reckons that's going to be the week that you want to pick him up because Bennett has been managing him and intentionally managing him.
2: Oh, Hey, I was talking to Lomas about this, and if he's on, he's going to love this because he owns Cookie. And I was saying, I reckon they're just going to unleash him and Bennett's, gonna, Bennett's purposely did this because he's going to go out a winner yeah. with the Rabbits.
1: And they reckon he doesn't have to rest anymore because they've already rested him for one game. And they've pulled him off the field four times. And they reckon that he's going to be good to go from round 20, playing 80 minutes all the way through. And now with Cookie, leading into Origin, he hit a bit of form too. His last four games before Origin, he averaged 58. So he started to heat up a little bit. During Origin, he only averaged 40, what was it? Sorry, I've got it written down here. Just got to read my own writing. It was 44 during origin. So I only played three games during the actual break. He scored a 38, 54, and 42. It's just the difference between a... Like, I like Greed money. I actually think that he's the hooker of the year in, in fantasy when you consider what he did last year, just a 50 average to now being a guy that can score consistently. As Andy mentioned, that shoulder injury, if you're down to your last few trades and you can pick a guy from the past that has done it week in, week out, with that information I've just told you about the load... You're taking Cookie over Reed Marnie every day of the week only because of the fact that you know he's done it before and you know he's not carrying injury.
0: What, one yeah, word, uh, pedigree. Yeah, I don't good? know. I, I needed to see something from him. I, I, I'm also in, in the uh, the 5,000 range, so I, I think I'm just going to take the chance. But I'm going to go Appy or Reed. haven't decided yet, but I don't know. i just... I know the narrative you're trying to build sounds great. I like it. Yeah. Do you want me to give you another
1: selling point, Andy, for you? There's less people in the top 5,000 with Cook than Reid Marnie. Do
0: you have his price there while you're at? Yeah.
1: So at the moment, you don't want to pick him up this week because he's got quite a high break even this week. He's at 662 with a break even of 70. They play the Warriors this week. And my guy's telling me, well, what, round 19 – He's telling me that round 20s is going to be his go signal.
0: Yeah, interesting. Well, I'm going to save my trade for that long anyway. So I'm going to save it for emergency trade or just a late pickup. So I will give your boy, Cookie, one round, 20. Give cookie, If you not score anything more than 60, he's, he's done. There's no point.
1: <laughs> Great question, but to follow that up, Sammy Walker, he's got pedigree himself with these sort of questions. <laughs> but he wants to know... And continuing now, he's going to the mid. He wants to know, boys, who will average the most out of Murray, Haas, and Lolo? Brankham. Andy, you go first.
0: Yeah, with these three tough, um, all all three good. I think Lolo is definitely on the definitely third. So it's between Murray and Haas for me. But just seeing ha- Murray backing up after Origin with an 80-minute performance, that was unbelievable. Uh, Murray's last three averages 73 fantasy points. And he's owned by 11%. Hass last three 70 fantasy points. And he's owned by 17% with LoLo being 12 12 and a half percent with 64 three average. I'm, I'm actually thinking Murray is the dark horse there. Hey, mm. I think like I think we're gonna follow the same narrative as your cookie there. Um, it's been holding back Murray and playing 80 minutes maybe, and just gonna unleash with the Murray Cook combo in, in the center. What are your thoughts about that?
1: Yeah, I like Murray Like The only thing that I would say More kind of goss I don't think they anticipated Well, I know they didn't anticipate Murray playing that many minutes in origin They didn't go into the series Thinking that he was going to start Three games on the edge So now he's a little bit cooked So they reckon that he, they might have to Rest him one game leading into the finals
0: mm. But you think, you think it would have happened last game But who, who was injured in that game?
1: Well, they had to rest Luttrell So I don't think they were going to do it all at once that's the only thing but one of the things Cameron Murray is such an athlete that's the only mm. thing that and he's so durable as well and I, I like him as well Andy if I had more more trades I'll definitely get him but unfortunately I got Haas well not unfortunately I got half last week so unfortunately I lost my trade. And I just think they got bigger upside than Lolo. I like what Lolo's doing, especially now he's brought back his tackle breaks and his offloading. But his stats in terms of – his tackling was up last week, but his running meters are still aren't there. That's why I just favor the other two. So Haas for me, one. Murray, two. Lolo, three. Sorry, Cobbs, you're finishing?
2: Yeah, no, I, I'm in that same order. I mine just says pending minutes. And going off that, I say Haas. I think they'll um, – Murray will come on, do his job, and, and then, yeah, Haas at the moment – he's been getting his 65 minutes last three weeks for his 70-point average. And Murray's been getting his 70 minutes for the 67 average. So it's only just sort of getting him at the post. But um, I'm saying has is most likely to get the minutes out of out of those guys. With Peyton as a coach of Lolo, he, he's been tortured this year. And before you even told us that, I had bunnies are able to rest. So that sort of backs that point up as well. Yeah. So, yeah,
0: has.
1: Definitely. So oh.
0: I just got got uh, stats here. He Said Campbell Graham injured. Murray went to center. I
1: yeah, he did. Braden
0: Burns wasn't Braden Burns on the bench?
1: No, nah, he went to the wing. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah.
0: May- maybe um. No, nah, he didn't. Maybe- sorry,
1: he originally went to centers, and then they lost another player yep. when Alex Johnson tore his hamstring.
0: Oh, that's when he spread. Yep. Maybe um, uh, Murray needs a a finals rev up from the old Andy B overe. <laughs> Give him a phone call <laughs> Remember last time Maybe yeah. you need another one
1: <laughs> Alright next question Sticking on the mids and hookers Corbs Greg Peters he wants to know If you could trade in only one Who would you go read Marnie Or Jason Tamulolo?
2: No oh, I think we've answered this Marnie for sure yeah. Lolo's looking at 60 to 65 Marnie's 70 plus With his 70 plus minutes so, yeah.
1: Did you just write a narrative Everyone's no, writing it- narrative today
2: Marnie's, Marnie's, with his 70 plus minutes, he's got a 70 average. And yep. Lolo's looking, in his last three games, he's got about a 65 average. So, yeah, I was just wrong about Marnie's injury. I, I thought he would come back well underdone, but he was so far from that it wasn't funny.
1: Andy, you on the same? Lolo, oh, Sorry, Marnie?
2: Bang. Yeah, bang on.
1: Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm the same, especially between those two. Like I said, I don't really rate Lolo as much. I think if you're going to use your last trade, it's definitely going to be for Reid Marnie. Way more upside, even though what I've just spat out before about him, I still would pick him way before I'd pick Lolo any day of the week. All right, next question, Joshy Page. He wants to know, this is a really interesting question, DCE or use for the run home? Andy? Yeah,
0: this is a very tough one, hey? Um, I think... Bush comes to shove, Hughes nit, um, tips DCE for me, just because he's consistent 70-point scores. Honestly, if if Cleary wasn't in the game, everyone would be pumping the hell out of Hughes. Like, he's just he's just doing his job. Um, no scores under 50. He's just an unbelievable um, athlete. Whereas DCE on the other hand, had a score of 122, which was his highest, but... That was, the, the, was without the, the best player in the game, taking the ball from him. So I think he definitely hurts a lot when with Tommy Turbo back. So Hughes would be the choice there for me.
1: Nice. Corbs?
0: Uh, I'm actually going
2: Daily Chair Evans. I just think uh, it just comes down to Hughes could be rested. I think we'll see a bit of it this week. i see him probably not playing round 25. And uh, DC and the Manly team are gunning for that top four. And the second chance, uh, it's very hard to win outside the top four and they'll be doing everything and he'll be a major part of it uh, in going forward. and seems to be happy just to play the quiet man and take it to the line to give the outside blokes a bit of room, mm. just busting himself tackle after tackle. He's, he's tough. But, yeah, DC, I reckon, because yeah. of
1: that. I'm in the similar boat, only, like you said, I think Manly won't have to rest any players because they're chasing para. with the with Storm. We just don't know when this – they're going to get a rest at one point, whether it's the last round, which is probably the most likely. And then again, I would rather – if you're paying for someone right now and these two guys are going to be scoring very similar, and you know DCE, bearing injury, will play all the way through versus Hughes, who's probably going to get a rest because of that calf injury, and they're going to rest someone at some point anyway. So for me, you get more value for money, like Corb said, from a DCE, and at that price point, I think the risk for me sides with DCE. Alright, last one for our combined questions. Complete fitness coaching. He wants to know, this is a good one as well, captain choices, boys, this week. We got all got burnt on Fafita last week, but he wants to know, he's got his captain choices this week between DCEU's Turbo because he was burnt by Fafita. He also was very disappointed in IPAP last week. Andy, who's your captain this week?
0: Without any doubt in my mind, Tommy Turbo. Without clearing the game at the moment, he is a Best fantasy captain option there is, oh, mate. I will tell you what, watching that Titans game, David Fafita burnt me for the rest of the season. How can you get paid that much? He he was touted. He didn't play Origin. He was rested. How can you ha- have that player off the field for the full eighty? Like I don't understand how you can be paid that much money. And not be on the field and do your all for eighty minutes. It's like he just—it's like he was too cocky and expected the ball without having those thirty meters, like just wanting the ball on the on the enemy's or well, opposition's thirty meters just for a bit of a attacking play. Yeah, it's like you gotta get you gotta go looking for the ball. So yeah, he's off. I'm off him. But yeah, Tommy Turbo for me. Okay, Corps.
2: Oh, I think Turbo just with the the Tigers, even though they got the win the other day, it, we we I think someone reminded me the other day because I started talking about. Adam Dewey, and he's like, they did play the Brisbane. Don't forget that. So (laughs) I think, yeah, he'll have a field day. DC wouldn't be far behind him. Um, Hughes is a worry just with that resting thing, and especially the – it seems to be our buzzword tonight, the narrative you wrote about the restings (laughs) for the Storm. Um, (laughs) But I can see Fafita bouncing back against a very weak Dragon side.
1: I was about to say that as well. He's going to be – he'll have Jack Bird, won't he? That's the other thing, a smaller Jack Bird marking him.
2: Yeah, but he, like Fafita doesn't go low two weeks in a row. Surely he doesn't get rested two weeks in a row. Yeah. But just
0: remember the whole captaincy juggle, guys. It's pick and stick, pick a player. Because you you juggle, then yeah. you end up sort of stuffing up once you're picking yeah. oppositions.
1: I think Andy's right, especially average, especially with Turbo. And like like last time he played Tigers, he scored sixty four and sixty three minutes. They pulled him off early because he was just destroying him. <sighs> Forecast for Saturday for Suncorp Stadium, five thirty game is twenty three degrees and sunny. That's amazing. So, it's going to be very flat track. He and, could...
2: and no lockdown, bastards.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. It's killing me. Honestly, it's killing me.
1: But you make a good point also, Andy, about consistency. Manly's draw, Tigers, Sharks. Mate, if CHN scored 106 against the Sharks, Tommy Turbo might score 240.
0: <laughs> isn't, that, isn't it Sharks versus Bulldogs this week? No, the, oh, the, the following.
1: Week. Yeah, yeah. And then they run uh, into yeah. a couple of harder games. Storm. But even against the Eels, he scored 96 last time. Then he's got the Raiders, Bulldogs, Cowboys. So... He's a pretty safe captain, I think, Tommy Turbo leading the way moving forward. All right, let's rip into some of these quickly. Andy, first question, Jakey Carter. He wants to know, three trades left. Then he's been hit with some massive injuries this week. Tohu Harris, Wade Egan, and Fogarty the poor bastard.
0: Poor bastard.
1: <laughs> now, thinking trading at Tohu and Egan as their season-ending injuries, and that will leave him one last trade. But he wants to know. He wants to bring in, well, we've kind of already answered this, but we'll do it anyway. He wants to bring in either DCE or USE, And then from there, Egan to either a Reed, a Cheese or a Braley. Oh, sorry. He's still got Braley if needed. What's your thoughts on all that?
0: Uh, So my thoughts would be, uh, first off, first trade to make, Tohu to Madison. I think it's a great trade. They're very similar in price at the moment. Uh, We discussed earlier before the pod, Madison has played the best game he's played for Parramatta by far. And you were saying it was the best game he's ever played. So I think he's finally over that concussion symptom and he's back to looking his best. He made seven offloads and all of them connected. So I think him, like I said, and said with the absence of Moses, he's going to step up. So that's, that's your first trade to get rid of Tohu. Yep. The second one would be Egan to to read for me. Um, I know he's got cheese and Brailey. Um, Brayley. Yeah, you know my thoughts about him. I'm not really, I'm liking him. He's probably going to score forty for us of the season. Um, Cheese is still going to be gun, so I think you can still have them on the bench scoring points. So Egan for for Marnie as your main hooker, or 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 even on the bench, um, especially with his improved kicking game. I know you've got the flat, the five v two um, top eight versus bottom eight, but I still think he's got value. at Reed. and I think with Fogarty, I'm pretty sure he's only out for one week, so. I'd, I'd just say just wait wait a bit because you're definitely not going to have, if you make to Madison and Reid to Egan, also oh, Egan to Reid, you're not going to have enough money to pick up a DCE or Hughes. So uh, either go the tohu to Madison and, and save, or put, go a, a, a trade down with the Egan to someone else, and then get Hughes or DCE later. You boys are saying DCE, I'm saying Hughes. But yeah, I think your main one, go you to Madison, just get that high scoring player ASAP.
1: Yeah, I agree. All right, Cobby, Nick Bowie, he wants to know your thoughts on Sean Johnson. Has he has the dogs this weekend and he does look like carrying some injuries and also we've obviously seen him with no goal kicking.
2: All right, because they have the dogs, I'm in this same boat. I will have I'll wait a week. But if he serves up that shit again, he's gone. <laughs> I, I um I am though, on the flip side, I'm seriously considering punting him for because um, I've got, I kept Schuster last week. I, last minute, I reversed the Watson trade and kept Schuster. And I've also got Croker in the half. So I've got the backups there. Um, and so I'm really thinking of SJ Damani or Murray. And yeah, the news of him being injured, the family heading back home. He signed his new contract. He's not playing for a new contract anymore. <laughs> there's, a lot of, there's a lot of crosses going towards SJ at the moment. So yeah, I'll, I'll just wait a week. Um, but if you have if you have six plus trades, I would be punting him.
1: Yeah, I agree. He's on my sell list mm. until Moses' information. I was nearly going to punt him this week, and then Eddie Durham he's convinced me to give him a couple of weeks. So, but I did want to punt him. Let me tell you. All right, next question. One of mine is Charlie Walters. He wants to know he bumped, he jumped on the Dewey train. Well done, mate. But he and he looks set to stay. Now he wants to get rid of one of Braley, S.J., T.P.J. or Andrew McCulloch, and he wants to get in Reid. All right, I'll probably say TPJ, only because every week he's going to somewhere different. So <laughs> it's just, it doesn't matter where he ends up. You just don't know where he's going to play. Even if he ends up back in Brisbane, they look like they want to try some, some young edges there at the end of the season. So he might not get the minutes that you want there as well. So I think at his price point right now, there's the number one that you go. As Corbyn did, I think he made some pretty good valid uh, reasons why you would want to punt SJ is probably your number two. I think McCulloch's definitely a hold. And then seeing that you've got Braley as well, well, you might not need Reed, but if you want Reed, I think you've got to punt one of those two as well. And I'd keep McCulloch. Probably Braley's come to his course. So if you've got two trades remaining, I'd get rid of TPJ for Marnie and then probably Braley, maybe try to get a jewel somewhere, maybe like a Cameron Murray, I think would be quite valuable for you. Especially seeing that you're losing another value, uh, jewel in a TPJ. I think that would be, if you've got two trades, that the two trades I would make. I'd make... TPJ for Marnie, and then I'll punt Braley for Cameron Murray. Nice. All right, next question is for you, Andy, and it is... His name is Thrill the Chase. Good one. He wants to know, is there value in tinkering with my centres at this stage of the year? He's looking at moving Peachy to Burton, and he's already got Ramian, Jordan Rapana, and Moses Mbai.
0: I think his name uh, speaks true to him very much. I think he just wants to chase... Uh, I think you're very safe with just keeping Ramian and rap- rap- um, They're great centers to have, especially yeah. with Raps playing fullback at the moment. So I'd stay with them, hold Peachy, but do whatever you can to get rid of Embi. Yeah, <laughs> totally agree. And B- Burton's way too pricey to get in now. So yeah, ignore that trade.
1: Awesome. All right, Corby, Shane Ewison, he wants to know best center pairing for the rest of the season. He's got Jesse Ramion, he's got Avrilo, he's got Peach. And he's got John Rumner. He wants to know anyone else he should be targeting. <laughs> he's wasted all his yeah. trades on centers. Center question.
2: question. Yeah, I don't know why. You'd keep three of them and maybe punt one. Peach, you'd probably be the one that I would punt out of those. Uh, I would just stick with the Ramian Rapana this week. Maybe Luke Avrilo if you can. I wouldn't get rid of Avrilo just yet. The only other one that he hasn't got that I do like. But again, I just see sizeways training if you've got um, anyone in that sort of top five, six centres, is uh, Gagai. uh, He's just on that left edge of the bunnies. He's going to get plenty of attacking stats down there. I mean, a couple of games back, he had an 87 and an 84. So, yeah, he'd be the only other one. But there's no way I'd be selling one of them downgrading, depending on your coin, of course, Um, going someone cheap. Cookie, get Cookie in. He's cheap.
0: Is there any love for, for the hammer? Nah, absolutely, absolutely. No, one game he's scoring 45 before that. Hold on. I think can, he's we, actually...
1: can we put a disclaimer? Is, is he in your draft team?
0: Yes. <laughs> no, but I, I okay. mentioned him earlier. I mentioned him before. He, he got a playing. 39, no, no, and then no, he got no, a 6, no.
2: then a 45, 54. He has had a couple of good games in there, but he's with the Cowboys and unproven. Where it, So you're saying you'd pick him over Gagai if you could choose. The coin wasn't an issue. You go gagai, up, hammer over gagai.
0: What's gagai's average? I'd say forty-eight. The reason why I'd say no 46, to hammer
1: is just remember Souths are going to go on a run; they're going to the finals. Cowboys are going to go the opposite way, and just remember Valentine home still got to come back into fullback. So hmm. I would he, say
2: he, he could stay at fullback, but he's a massive confidence player. The hammer. I know he's matured a little bit, but when he gets down, sometimes he just way off the ball, whereas Gagos is going to be scoring tries for fun, that left edge. Yeah,
1: I think so. It's just a smarter player, I think, at this, st- at, this stage the the at this stage of the well, season. At this stage of the season. He's
0: definitely swapped it. Last year, was sort of, only played well for Origin. Now he's actually playing well for Rabidos. Yeah, played terrible for, yeah. for Queensland. Because <laughs> he's but off, ha- he's ha- off ha- 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 contract,
1: ha- that's why.
2: hammer is good for you in draft. Uh, and if he keeps playing at fullback, and like, if he still scores the 40-45, that's, that's a massive win for the centre position.
1: Oh, big time. Yeah, true. He's got a jewel. That's good. All right, Chris, he wants to know he's jumping on my boy, Adam Dewey. He's trained for the ride home, uh, especially if he stays at six. I just think we all got sucked in. Every time the Broncos play, except when they played the Sharks, they get hammered. And then there's all these inflated fantasy scores, as it happened on the weekend with Adam Dewey getting 79. But when you rip it down further, out of that 79, so that's the top of his game, he's got five tri-assists try assists. Against Brisbane. But against Manly, what's he going to get? Zero try assists and zero line break assists? And then what's he going to score? 13? Like, it's just one of those things that this smart, at this time of the year, we talk about smart trades and looking for teams that can continue to just play. Like, the realistically is, with seven games to go, if someone just say Dane Laurie gets injured, they might try out and do it fullback. Like, you, just the consistency of what they're going to do week for week is just too unreliable to pick players that aren't competing in this top eight race. So I'll take a void on Adam Dewey. Even his kicking meters from earlier this year, he only had 158 against the Broncos. So I just I just think we can do better and be smarter with our trades moving forward. So even though I love Adam Dewey, I just think mm. for right now, I think we just got, we can get some more value just searching elsewhere. All yeah, right. You love him. Yeah, I, I did, love mate. <laughs> I haven't put him back on our social media posts last week. Remember that for about 6 weeks straight where I just had Adam Dewey.
0: Yeah. You still yeah, the photo idea. of him on, on your roof of your bedroom or is that so take it down?
1: Nah, ever since we went to the center I had to take it down. <laughs> All right, second last question for you Andy. Simon George, he's got 5 trades left and he's targeting DCE Ponga and Haas. Who should he get first?
0: If it's 100% of those 3, you get Haas first in my opinion. He he bought him down price at 663 grand. Uh, he's now 7.10 with a break-even of 37 points. So I don't see him going down in price. Uh, DCE is 879K with a break-even of 67, possibly to get that, but he's not going to go up or down in price. He'll probably maintain that. If not, maybe drop a bit. And Ponga's break-even is 89, and he costs six hundred and seventy-eight k So it'd be Hass then DCE, and then Ponga after a poor uh, game this week.
1: Yeah, I agree. All right, Corby, our great mate, Caesar Salvatore. I've actually got some news. We were very racist last week. He's Italian. He's not Mexican. Salvatore. He's not Mexican. He told me.
2: <laughs> yeah, okay. Apologies.
1: Yeah, so we've got to apologize to uh, Caesar. <laughs> He's a legend. He's an absolute legend. And he wants to know he wants to pick between Jazzy and Victor Radley, our boy Vic. Who you got? Oh,
2: Oh, I've got Victor Adley for sure. We talked about Victor Adley being a massive part of this team. And he looks he's, good, doesn't he? The last two, he had a, in round 10, he had a 70-minuter. And then the last two weeks, he's had his 70-minute games, which I think will be him going forward. Because Takiyo seems to be carrying plenty of niggling injuries. And he's had um, 56, 50, and uh, 65. So he's sort of averaging just uh, around that 60. And I talked about Jazz. I mean, he's, he's, he had a 40 last time he played at Hooker for 53 minutes with um, the young bloke coming on for 35. So, yeah. And Radley's cheaper by uh, 30K as well. So, yeah, Radley's ticking all the boxes there for me.
1: Yeah, he looked great on the weekend. All right, Nathan. Uh, Nate, Nathan, he wants to know. G'day, guys. Wants He wants to get rid of Luke Thompson and thinking of Alakawatu. That's uh, Hamole from the Manly team. For that dual position 18th man, yeah, I actually like that. And the reason why is, like, I'm sorry to the ghost. I don't think the ghost's going to get his spot <laughs> back, mate. He's just playing that good. Hamole's on fire. Like, his last five games since he started on the right edge, he's averaging 58 in 77 minutes. At 560k, I think he's actually the best left cheap guy under 600k. And Luke Thompson, he, he had that storming around nine to 11 where he averaged 64 but since then his last six he's had four 40s in there so he's averaged 46 so even though he's not too bad when you think about the price point you probably brought him in at and he's at 605k now I actually think there's way more we talked again about making smart trades with teams that are competing for the finals and are going to be playing at 100% every single week I think you got to jump on this Hamoli, especially if you've got plenty of trades up your sleeves. I really like this trade from Luke Thompson and Hamoli.
0: Hey, can you um can you give Hamoli how good is this bloke? I don't think we've heard some yeah. bugs for a while. I think he deserves. it. How good is this bloke? He certainly is, but because <laughs> I still remember, I was nearly going to put
1: him into my, my my sorry my draft and my classic team. You know that the game that they smashed Parramatta in, he literally did nothing in that game, and it turned me off him. And then he ended up, I think, maybe getting suspended or injured in that game. Sat out a couple more weeks. And then he just come back. I don't know what he ate when he was off, but he come back a new guy.
0: Because he played, I'm pretty sure he played a couple of games last year. And I was looking at him and going, geez, he played pretty well. But I just sort of never really followed through this year. But yeah, massive regret for draft and classic.
1: He's a monster. All right, Andy, your final question for the night. Uh, Usman, he wants to know, he's looking for a new wing fullback. And he was looking in to bring... Everyone wants Marnie. He's going to be about 30% owned. He wants to bring in Marnie for Harris, which I'm sure that you will approve anyway. I think this is mine. Well, sorry, yeah, my apologies. I, just, no, I, don't, I don't have this. I, but, I wasn't going to say yes, and just let yes. him stew. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I would have said yes anyway, just yes. Marnie for Harris, for sure. It depends who he has there. Surely he has. Like, I'm, I'm just rattling off. You Turbo, have to have. Teddy, odd. Gutho, I, really like. I think you will go on a bit of a charge without Moses. He seems to score really 100%. well without Moses, but I just don't know whether you bring in him just now. Ponga, round 20. We've talked about him in the high break even. He's probably not till next week. Uh, and then the Heinz Pappy, it's just a wait and see. If you haven't got either of them, you, you can't really get either. And uh, Toto, you could go as a sort of a safety one, but I feel like there's higher ceilings on those other guys. And I would mm. probably save my trades I'm guessing everyone's low on trades I'd save them for those guys Latrell's another sneaky one but I just don't see him making it into my team unless he's along those lines of the um, just tapering himself for the finals like uh, Cookie
1: yeah I think they're going to be yeah All right, Andy I'm going to let you finish but I'll just quickly just do this one here Kurti Savage he wants to know excuse me he's giving it to me a little bit thanks TK your boys played my Raiders into form (laughs) (laughs) If I wasn't so low on trades, I'd bring my macho man, Xavier Savage, into my team. Well, guess what? Yeah. (laughs) Eggs on you, Curdy. Xavier Savage is out for the season. Nah, he was a good player. Really like him. But who's more important? This is his actual question. Who's more of a trade? Haas, Murray, or with Harris out, one of the Warriors forwards, Lodge, Blake, or Jazz? I think... Well, Andy's talked about both Haas and Murray quite a bit tonight. I think they're your two big picks, and all three of us have talked about the volatility of the Warriors and not knowing what to expect on a weekly basis. So I think with Haas and Murray being elite in their teams and across the league, I think it's just a safer pick right now. I'll pick Haas one, Murray two, but I wouldn't have any qualms in picking Mars as well. But just stay away from the Warriors, guys. There's just way too much volatility there. All right, Andy, let's end with a bang here, brother. Taddy99. He wants to know who's your most urgent cells out of Peachy, Brayley, Harris, and Johnson. Yeah,
0: was that your question? Was uh, that, <laughs> that your question? No, nah, yeah, you got <laughs> you got that bang on that one, Tom. Um, the most urgent there is just Harris to me, having six hundred and seventy seven k on your bench to sort of um, you got to make some sort of points out of that. So he's number one. Um, number two, probably Braylee. Because, look, he just keeps getting less and less. So I'm just – I'm sick of it. He's like the Zach Sini. He's not in my team anymore, but he was like the when he was in my team, just seeing that smug 40 average <laughs> score coming from him. And Johnson only had one bad game up. Like, yeah, you could see he was a bit disgruntled with going to Queensland. Um, you can tell he wasn't that interested. And he has got a contract now, but surely Sharks versus the Doggies. He, he's, they have – they still got a chance to make the you know, make some finals football. Just pull your head into John Johnson, and and um, you, you, they've approved the families coming up to Queenstown to Queensland now. So hopefully that sparks a bit of um fight in, in him this week. So I would be saving Johnson. So yeah, I think Harris his, there.
2: I think his family did go to Queenstown. Queens?
0: <laughs> did did, did <laughs> they? <laughs> I almost said <hit> Queenstown. <laughs>
2: no, I know, but I think they. That was the uh, the word that TK got that his family have gone back over to. NZ, so that, that's, that's what good, I
0: heard.
1: Um, yeah,
2: that's okay. just another strike next to his name. Didn't you listen to the Sunday Port in? Oh <laughs> well, mate,
0: I, I listened to the first half, and then I um I had to get called into work.
1: Imagine the Sharks trading back for Chad Tansy. <laughs> so,
0: so, what are your thoughts on Peachy? Sorry, <laughs> um, do you reckon P- Peachy takes minutes off Rain and Hooker, or what's it? What's because he's yeah. had two bad scores in a row. So, do you see Peachy as a sell?
1: I just don't know why he's not going back to the mid. He was playing good in the mid.
0: Yeah, I'd,
2: it's probably. I wouldn't say he's an urgent sell, but uh, if he has one more bad week, then he could be going for me, and I could be going to someone like a gag guy because I've got
0: a bit of coin. Mm, Was no. is that the, the TK's reverse three date rule?
2: Yeah, it might be. Yeah, it is. Just, <laughs> I just don't want to. And I've said it a few times tonight. I just if like I've, I feel like he's one of those sort of top six centers. I just feel it's a real sideways trade too. I don't want to do it, but. He keeps dishing out that rubbish. He's he's getting sent to the bin with SJ.
1: Yeah, nice. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's the show for tonight. Thank you for joining us. we are buy, hold, sell and avoid tomorrow. That's from 6 p.m., so join us then. But, boys, thank you again for your outstanding analysis and narrative building.
0: There's plenty of narratives tonight. <laughs> yeah, it's all about that narrative, and that, especially this the good end of the season.
1: <laughs> all right, ladies and gentlemen, take care and we'll catch
0: you tomorrow.